You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We are into hour three of the program coming up next hour or so. Green Drop, the official lawn care sponsor of this program. We are going to give away our first prize of the season, the beautiful Basics Lawn Care Package and the Buzz Boss Buzz Shield Insect Program. Mm-hmm. So be listening here in the next, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. Give that bad boy away. It's a game day for the Calgary Flames. Get your game, uh, get your game face on, get your helmet on, do whatever you got to do. The penultimate game of the regular season for the Calgary Flames. First of back-to-backs, Winnipeg tomorrow. Minnesota tonight. These two teams have had a couple of dandies. Now, don't let the uh, don't let the scores uh, confuse you. There was well, a five there was a five one win for the Flames and a seven three win for the Flames. But these two teams, I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna say tooth tooth and nail. That's how they battled tooth wow. and nail. I thought the second game Minnesota gave a good effort. The first one was very ooh road game kind of they got down and it was like all right well that's that. Lost of the road trip. Dean Evison was upset. Kind of, I don't know if I would call him out, but he was uh, he was displeased, as were, I think, to a man. So were the players. And then back in St. Paul, it was uh, it was a heavyweight tilt for sure that got uh, out of hand at the end. couple empty netters, I think, in that game. Anyway, our next guest, he'll have a great seat for this one tonight. Joe O'Donnell, play-by-play voice, Minnesota Wild. As the, uh, the Wild... The, does this game mean nothing? Thanks, Joe, for being here. Does this game, how much, how much, how important is home ice? They know they got the Blues coming. How how focused are they on St. Louis, and how focused are they on the Calgary Flames and just wrapping this uh, this eighty two games up? Well, Boomer and Pender, thanks for having me on. First of all, uh, like the use of penultimate way to work that in yeah, there. Yeah, There's only a couple times a year you can yeah. you can dangle it. So. You have to wait a long time. <laughs> you do. We've yeah. been flexing it yeah. all morning. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it's a great question there on how to approach the next two games. The Wild host the Avs tomorrow night. So you talked about the Flames having a back-to-back. Um, look, it, that's the one thing the Wild have is they kind of control the second seed if they want it, meaning if they get three points the next two games, the Blues can't catch them. Uh, St. Louis has just one game left. Bill Guerin, I guess, uh, on a podcast just this week, um, from what I read on Twitter or heard is that he, he was all in on trying to win these games and get the number two seed. I think the only sort of risky other side of that sword is, is the injury bug. I mean, uh, in the last handful of games, they've lost Matt Zuccarello, Jared Spurgeon, Matt Dumba has been out for quite some time. Jordan Greenway just came back. So did Marcus Foligno. Foligno was on the COVID list for a few games. So hopefully, if nothing else, he got a little rest. Um, so none of those injuries appear to be terribly long-term. But when guys are starting games and not finishing them or missing two, three games in a row, you know, you do worry about next round or next week where the first round starts and you've got a team in St. Louis that's really given the wild fits over not just this year but the last couple of years. So I think it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, I think the Wild won home ice because they've been so good at Excel Energy Center this year. But at the same time, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. The, the thing that stinks is that the Wild lost the Coyotes the other night, ended their 10-game point streak. And then the Blues go and lose to the Avs. I mean, had the Wild just even gotten a point or taken care of business against Arizona at home, no less, on Tuesday night, 
you know, maybe by tomorrow they could be resting some guys, but not the case anymore. Uh, Joe, last the Flames saw Minnesota. It was part of a 10-loss and 14-game run. It was a bad month in there for the Wild. What happened yep. there, and what's happened since? Because they've gotten back to being themselves, if not better. They've been on an absolute heater for what seems like two months now. Yeah, I would say when when the Flames left St. Paul after sweeping that home-and-home, home, I thought, man, this, this might be the best team that I had seen, um, with all due respect to Florida and Colorado and but I, I think, you know, as you look back at a couple months ago, the Flames were probably playing their best hockey. I just looked, they had won 11 of 12 um, prior to that last game against the Wild. And the Wild were, as you just put it, maybe in their um, most fragile state. They just weren't playing great. They were too leaky defensively. They weren't at full capacity, but they, they certainly weren't, like, overly banged up where it was an American Hockey League roster by any stretch out there. They just weren't playing that great. Um, seem to have gotten it back together, obviously, since then. The, the trade deadline acquisitions really bolstered this team. Jake Middleton has been an unbelievable steal as far as a, a trade deadline move that went very much under the radar by a lot of NHL media standards, right? You had so many big deals getting done, including the Wild getting Marc-Andre Fleury. But Jake Middleton's played uh, with Jared Spurgeon almost exclusively until Spurgeon's injury. He's been great. Tyson Jones has given a little bit depth uh, on the penalty kill side and other center icemen. Nick Delorier is an intimidating presence, obviously, and has scored some goals, and we all know what he can do physically. And then you've got the flower and net. So I really like what Bill Guerin did at the deadline. That sort of told the team uh, that they were all in in a lot of ways. They didn't go out and get a Claude Giroux, but uh, they addressed the spot essentially at every place they needed to d a couple of forwards and a goaltender really added depth to the team um they've been much better since we're gonna see talbot in one of the next two i'd imagine being a back-to-back uh it's been pretty even workload until flurry got the last three yeah uh it was the rotation that wasn't the rotation dean evison kept swearing that they weren't rotating them game by game but for i think it was 14 straight games they rotated every game so uh Talbot then got a pair. Flurry's gotten three. I'd expect Talbot tonight against his former team, and I guess Flurry tomorrow because you wouldn't really want to play their guy in a back-to-back. I wouldn't think they're both, you know, Talbot's 34, Flurry's 37. I think that's why the rotation down the stretch was helpful, helpful for both of them. I honestly thought we might see a rotation all the way into the playoffs um, because Dean Evison kept saying, if it's working now, why would like what message would we send if we changed that up all of a sudden? And then all of a sudden he changed it up. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, I think the Wilder in a good spot, though. Flurry, as we know, has sat and watched some Stanley Cup playoff games before um, and been thrust in. So I, I think if you if you were to start Talbot game one against the Blues, you can always go to the Hall of Famer. If you start the Hall of Famer, you've got Talbot who's got plenty of experience. So I think the Wilder in a good spot, whether they – rotate them throughout the series intentionally or because of circumstance, um, I, I do like their goaltending. Man, that's going to be an absolute banger of a series. And it's funny because there's so little games remaining on everyone's schedule, and yet we only know that two first-round matchups are going to happen, yeah. <laughs> Edmonton, L.A., and the one we knew about first and the only one we've really been able to talk about and size up for like what feels like weeks now is St. Louis, Minnesota. How has the season series been, and what's that series going to look like? The only time the Blues came to Minnesota was the Winter Classic, which obviously was played at Target Field there in Minneapolis. So they haven't played in Excel Energy Center this year. Uh, the Blues won the Winter Classic 6-4. The Wild dropped back-to-back overtime games in St. Louis uh, in April, uh, separated by eight days. The first one, 
The Wild had a 3-1 lead early in the third. The Blues rallied, won an OT on a goal by Braden Shen, if I'm not mistaken. And then eight days later, it was the Wild that rallied down 4-1 in the third, forced overtime, and the Blues snuck out with that one as well in the extra session. So uh, actually it was Robert Thomas, I think, the first winner, and Shen the second winner. But regardless, the Wild just haven't beaten St. Louis much at all. Uh, I think Craig Berube, since taking over the Blues, is like 13-1-2 against Minnesota, somewhere in that gaudy-type number Jeez. Uh, statistically. So, yeah, I mean, you have to wonder if there's something there. But I do like the Wild. Again, I go back to that word depth, which I know is a hot topic with Anson Carter and, and the Wild Twitter fans uh, going back and forth over, you know, whether or not this team could compete when it really matters. That was from months ago, but... I do like what the Minnesota Wild bring to the table as far as four lines that can play, um, the deep pairings, and I, and I mentioned the goaltending. The biggest key for the Wild against the Blues, or one of them, is going to be staying out of the penalty box. St. Louis has crushed them in the season series and the specialty teams department, specifically on their power play. The Wild are a five-on-five team. You look at their numbers, five-on-five goals, one of the best teams in the league. They have to stay five-on-five in that series. And obviously, home ice advantage is great. I think more than anything, it gives you the matchup, the last line change. So the Wild can secure the second seed, uh, allow them to dictate the matchups maybe in four of the seven games, obviously, in a, in a perfect scenario. I think that benefits them as well. Joe O'Donnell, play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Wild, our guest here on Sportsnet, of course, Wild and Flames tonight. I'm curious, what is the how, – how fondly or, or not so much Paul Fenton – the work that he did there, it was a it was a very short stay. It was a brief little turn. There. He, you know, he's kind of guy runs hot, maybe rubs people the wrong way. But looking at some of the moves and Zuccarello, I remember when that deal was done. It was five years, six million, thirty million for Zuccarello. Good player, but just didn't know that there was the fit there. Did he not make the Fiala trade? There's some players that are a big part of what's happening for the Wild right now that actually were brought in on his watch. How do people remember Paul Fenton there? It's an interesting uh, point you bring up because I think the, and obviously Minnesota is a very savvy hockey market. So I think initially, you know, boy, he was there like a season, you know, not even a calendar year. And you're like, man, what happened? And there was a lot of conversation about whether it was workplace environment or just like you said, maybe rubbing some people the wrong way. Uh, Paul Fenton did good work as far as constructing this roster. Uh, the one trade, obviously, that you would look at and go, oh, that didn't work out, was Nito Niederreiter for Victor Rask. Mm-hmm. I mean, Br- Rask has been put on waivers multiple times, and now he's not even with the organization. Not that Niederreiter's, you know, a 35-goal guy in Carolina, but um, that's one that didn't work out. But the Grandland for Fiala trade essentially gave a playmaker in Grandland, um, you know, a 50-assist guy, and you got what's turning into a 40-goal scorer in Kevin Fiala and, Paul Fenton said at the time of the trade, I remember well, he called him a game-breaker, um, and he's been that way. Can he be frustrating with some turnovers and some you know, lackadaisical play at times? Yes, but he has cleaned up those areas, and I feel like he's really come into his own as this year's moved along. There's nobody hotter in the NHL up until the other night when his uh, 10-game point streak came to an end than Kevin Fiala. So he's given some good uh, secondary scoring to this wild team. You mentioned Zuccarello, that addition, obviously a um, – you know, a move that because of the term and the dollar amount was kind of scrutinized, but boy, his, his defensive game is very underrated across the league. Him and Kaprizov have unbelievable chemistry. You plug Ryan Hartman in the middle is on a bargain deal. And that line's been outstanding all year long. And then the Matt Boldy draft pick as well. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was Fenton's 
you know, one draft. Um, and it's they got wi- that it's wild, he, right? Because those, those are impact. He, I think Boldy is going to be an yeah. absolute stud. Those are mm-hmm. impact players. Yeah. Yep. He's an absolute star. So, look, the one thing we knew about Paul Fenton from his days in Nashville is that he could draft. Um, and he didn't get a lot of kicks at the can with Minnesota, but he certainly made the most of it when he did. And, uh, yeah, this team is, look, they're going to be in cap hell, if you will, for the next couple of years with the Parisian suitor buyouts. They need young players to step up. They do have a lot of uh, good young players in the system that haven't turned pro yet, the Minnesota Wild do. And on top of that, you know, last year they ended up coming out with two first-round picks from the Jason Zucker trade that Bill Guerin made. And they end up with Wallstead, the young goalie in Sweden, who's a stud, and Carson Lambos, who's lightening up in the Western Hockey League. So, again, because they're going to be in such a tight cap crunch moving forward, they need some of these guys in the AHL and the, and the junior ranks to, to eventually develop and, and, uh, and impact this team. And I think they're heading in the right direction that way. You know, and just to follow up, you mentioned Bill Guerin, and I, I don't think people realize how savvy and, and wild the hockey market Minnesota is. I think if, they, if you stop and think about it, but that's, they're a very knowledgeable and intense uh, fan base. What was the feel then with the tumultuous exit or however you want to call it with Fenton to then going to a first time GM here in Calgary? I know what it's like when you're replaced. Do you want a rookie head coach? Do you want a rookie GM? What was the vibe there bringing in a uh, great hockey, great hockey guy. Everyone loves Bill Guerin, but an untested GM. I think on the surface, there has to be excitement just because when, when some of the stuff was kind of leaked out about the Paul Fenton era, it kind of seemed messy. Uh, and then you're bringing in a guy with four Stanley Cups on his resume. And I think for a town that's starved for a major championship, let alone a Stanley Cup, to bring in a guy with a winning background uh, was the right move, and it's played out. I mean, I think Bill Guerin should be right up there for GM of the year. Obviously, I'm biased, but um, he he had the the stones to make the moves, which were they need to be made. This team – has, if you read between the lines of the Minnesota Wild this year, since the buyouts, the culture needed to change. Miko Koivu was essentially said, we're not bringing you back. You know, he went to Columbus, had a cup of coffee, ultimately retired. It's one of the greatest Wild players ever. But Bill Guerin realized that the locker room and the leadership group needed a different direction. Then he buys out Parisi and Suter. One was thought to be maybe bought out, but both was like literally a bomb dropping as far as a shock factor goes across uh, not only the Minnesota market, but the uh, entire NHL. And he did it because he really believed that the locker room needed to go a different direction. Jared Spurgeon's an unbelievable captain. He's not the loudest guy. He's not the biggest guy. But this entire team has been all in since day one. They've talked about the vibe and the chemistry in the room since day one. He did nothing but add to that, Bill Guerin, at the trade deadline. Flurry is obviously so well-liked around the league. Middleton's an absolute beauty. Uh, Delorier is a good guy in the room. Tyson Joe's good guy in the room. And so I, this wild team's never been out of a game all year. Um, they've been very consistent all year. I just feel like they have a special thing going and Bill Guerin believes in that having won before he knows what type of room it takes. And I think the wild have that, that right makeup. And I give, uh, Garen full credit. And Joe, I think we set a record. We've gone this long without talking about Kirill Kaprizov. So, um, you're welcome. <laughs> We're here to, to set records with you. Uh, I yeah. remember the hype machine around, we talked about Fenton's departure. It was even the GM before him, I believe Fletcher, that drafted Kaprizov. And it yep. was always, and everything was like, okay, cool, we get it. Things weren't great, and this GM's gone. What about Kaprizov? Well, now this GM's got to go, and things aren't great. Okay, cool, but what about Kaprizov? When are they getting rid of Kaprizov? What about the relationship with Kaprizov? 
there's been a lot of hype about guys coming over from Russia, and every once in a while, it actually hits or exceeds. But to think that this guy would be a 45-goal scorer this quick, like, who, what? I knew there was hype, yeah. but this is unbelievable. Yeah, he's an amazing player. Um, and Dean Evason talks a lot about his physicality. Uh, when If you ask Dean what surprised him the most or the thing he maybe didn't know the most about Kaprizov, he says when he watched his tape in the KHL, he'd go into the corner and come out with the puck. Uh, he welcomes physical play. Guys are taking liberties on him. He'll cross-check him right back. Like He has no fear of going to the front of the net, coming out with pucks from the corners. Um, the goal he scored in the Winter Classic, it was a one-on-one with Pareko, a little bit of an angle on the outside. He literally leaned into Pareko, kind of almost counter-hitting him, like welcoming that physical play, and scored a goal. Uh, he, he's just an unbelievable talent. His edge work is phenomenal. So much fun to watch. His vision chemistry with Zuccarello I mean it's it's unworldly worldly at times just the plays this guy makes and uh he just loves playing hockey he stays out on the ice late every day of practice it's not a cliche like we watch him every day he's out there goofing off messing around working on it he just lo- he's like a rink rat and for a kid that's just turned 25 on Tuesday to be 100 points already uh the Calder Trophy winner from last year he's a phenomenal talent and ultimately, you know, when that five-year deal ends uh, with nine mil a year, like he, he's going to get a raise if yeah. this continues. So uh, it's pretty unbelievable stuff. He's been a, he's just been an absolute thrill to watch. Well, and you're new to the market, but th- this has been a team that's been competitive before, but it's it's never necessarily been flashy teams, exciting teams, yeah. nor even big and tough teams necessarily. I mean, I know there was a Gabrick run in there, but. We always used to joke, it's the Wild on a Tuesday. Like This is actually an incredibly exciting and fun team to watch now, and the, for the life of the franchise, that's the outlier. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, There's a term, I don't know who coined it or how much it's used, but Minnesota mild. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> just like the way this franchise has gone for a lot of years. And um, Tom Reed, who I work with on the radio, unbelievable person. Just the, the nicest man ever, played in the NHL, owns a great hockey bar in St. Paul. He's done pretty much every single Minnesota Wild game from a broadcast standpoint, either radio or TV, and the team's 21 years. And he has said it countless times this season. It's the most fun team he's ever seen with this organization. It's the most exciting team. They're never out of a game, scoring three and a half goals a night. Um, they just make it fun, and the fans have embraced it. Uh, 50 wins for the first time in franchise history, but – even when you go back and you say, oh, well, they broke the record from 16-17 or the 17-18 team under Bruce Boudreaux had, you know, 100 points or what. Like, it's different. This team is different. They are a fun team to watch. They bring every element to the table. Uh, if they can clean up their specialty teams, I think they're going to be a handful in the playoffs. And finally, for you, sir, I used to run into you in Houston and Abbotsford. Oh, and other yeah. play- like, this is uh, congratulations. Tell us about how you, you got one of the 32 chairs in NHL rinks calling games on the radio. Uh, just very fortunate. Um, you know, this is my 14th year with the Wild organization. As you mentioned, five with the old Houston Arrows. Team moved to Des Moines, Iowa, spent eight years there. And uh, the longtime voice of the Wild, Bob Kurtz, was just kind of slowing down, didn't want to travel anymore. So, I uh, got a couple of games a few years ago when he was coming back on his travel. I did some games last year off the monitor when Bob needed a, a bit of a break, if you will. And then uh, this year he said he was only going to do 20 home games. Um, and so I was able to gobble up the rest. So just very fortunate, very great, grateful to the organization. 
feel like I'm putting my time, but I know there's a lot of great broadcasters, as you know, Ryan, across the American Hockey League and other minor leagues that uh, that just don't ever get a chance because of circumstance. So very fortunate to be in the spot. I'm, I'm loving this year, this team. Uh, it's been everything I could have hoped for. Love it, man. Great to see. You've earned it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for doing well, how have we not why have you waited this long to bring this guy on? Like I don't care. You if realize we, it was this season. <laughs> I don't care. We'll talk anything. We'll talk Des Moines whatever. What's happening in like yeah. we can talk about whatever, get we Joe need the, on. Yeah, we'll get the uh, the Marco Rossi updates. What, uh, yeah, it's whatever, go. right? Uh, and uh. and Rossi's coming too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine the the actually I took in the uh, final Iowa Wild game of the year last night because I was back in Des Moines. We still own a house here. Um trying to move the family up once the school year is over, but uh uh, yeah, Black Aces season is coming, and uh, right. with the Iowa Wild season ending, I'm sure exit meetings are today, and probably have 10 to 12 guys on some type of car service coming up north, uh, three and a half hours on I-35 to the Twin Cities, and uh, give them a little taste of what the Stanley Cup playoffs are about from, you know, sometimes an outsider perspective, but you never know how far you go when you need some of that depth. Love it. Awesome, Joe. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll chat again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. You bet. Joe O'Donnell, play-by-play, K-Fan. Just a bleeping beauty. That's the only thing you need to know there, There you Dean. go. Well, I just, come on. Of all the riffraff we bring on this. I mean, my boy. We're on this show every day, and that guy deserves better. I mean, some of the people that get on the air here, including like us, uh, daily? Yeah. People do realize how good that city and market is, right? I don't know, and I, and I think it's probably like the Minnesota mild thing is absolutely a part of why I think it might not be fully understood because like the state of hockey, high yeah. school hockey, they and, fill and that it's rank. Like, it's and, all it's never empty, but it's never that crazy because the team's just been okay. You know, it was one of those things, and you don't like to speak ill of those that came before you, but with the passing of Guy Lafleur last week. And Jacques Lemaire was his coach, Guy Lafleur, in in Montreal near the end. And the role that Guy was forced to play mm. under Jacques Lemaire. The, the thing is, he he then leaves Montreal. He goes to New Jersey. They win. He goes to Minnesota. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons. And... Man, they missed the playoffs a bunch, but there's a 42-win season in there, a 48-win season. Jacques Lemaire is a big reason why they were the Minnesota Wild. That's, Wild. That's, yeah, that's, why he, that's how he coached. Yes. That's what he wanted. We want low event, tight checking, yeah. 1-4, no chances. And they've made the playoffs enough. It's just that they've never been that dynamic and they've never really gotten that far aside from what one like Dwayne Rolison led heater. He and Manny Fernandez platooned them a billion years ago to a nice run. And last year they were tough out. 0-2-0-3, they lost in round three. And that was with Gabrick. 30 goals he had that season. Uh, Andrew Brunette, good player. Cliff Ronning, wow. A 36-year-old Cliff Ronning. Had 17 goals. But even then, there's no one there over a point per game. And you think it just... happened that quick with uh, with Kaprizov. Like, people forget. It's like, oh, he's in his second contract. What's his fourth year? No, it's his second. He had one year, burnt it, wins the Calder, and now pay me all the money. Yeah, okay, yeah, I guess yeah. we have to. Dwayne Rollis in that year, a 2.00 goals against, 927 save percentage. 
Manny Fernandez, 2.24, a 9.24. Imagine both your goalies having better than a 9.20 save percentage. I guess that's, and that's, that's what are you going to do? Were. What are you going to do? Point at the coach and say your system isn't working? No, it's working. It's just mild. Yeah. <laughs> that nickname nails it. Yeah. So they've missed the playoffs once. And I guess the qualifying round in the bubble because the Canucks got them there. But I mean, they're there every year. They just never go anywhere. And the Fenton stuff is interesting. Because it well, ran- he's always a good hockey personality guy, but maybe not the lead people guy. And you need yeah. people like that in your organization. They just shouldn't be, you know, doing the stuff in front of the mic and doing the org chart stuff. Like you just you go in your office and you grind. You're great at this. You go find hockey players. We can do have other people doing the other stuff and you don't need to worry about telling guys to reload the printer. Someone else can do that. Yeah, it ran hot there for a short amount of time, but managed to get a few things done. And he'll wear that Nino Niederreiter one because it, it was Every really... GM's got one of those, and it's not the worst. It's not Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg, right? Like, yeah, it's like not it, that. Everyone loses one, but it's not a perennial 40-goal guy. But as now... You watch Kaprizov and you see Boldy and the Zuccarello, the way he's worked with Kaprizov and all of that. There's a lot that's uh, hanging around there in St. Paul that's of his of his doing. And so they went basically 20 years with two GMs. And then in the last, uh, you know, mm-hmm. three, four years, ding, ding, ding. Fletcher fired Fenton in, Fenton fired Garen in. It was Riseboro and Fletcher for from basically day one until 2018 spring. A lot of change of late, but Garen and his crew done a really good job. And you look all of a sudden, could they bring back Marc-Andre Fleury if they have some success here? Could you like that's a pretty damn good platoon, older guys, but to Joe's point, you could literally go every other start with them and get great goaltending every night and not worry about running anyone into the ground. But they got that cap pinch coming. That's gonna be the big challenge for Garen here in the next three years. Somebody texting in, imagine how much better Marion Gabrick may have looked in a different in a different system. Now totally. he he did leave, but it wasn't quite the same game, was he it? lost uh you lose the lockout year in 05, but came in at 18, scored 18 his first year, then 30, 30, 18 and 65. Uh he did struggle with injuries is the other thing. But then 38, 30 goals, scored 42 in 77. And that's with a suffocating system. Right and the dead puck era too. You're talking around the time that there was only three or four guys that would get into the 40s. That's hard to comprehend right now. Didn't didn't Jerome get a share of the Maurice at like 43 goals one year? Like what? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Like holy. 41 with Kovi Kovalchuk and Nash. Yeah. That won a trophy. Like 41 goals was the high water mark. Oh, 304, baby. Whew. 304, baby. Baby! That's right. Uh, I think the year he had 52 and won his first rocket, there was the next closest was like way back. Uh, I got some stuff to give away, but I'm not prepared to do it. You just want to keep it or what? You, well, you, I, you don't think the listeners have been well no, behaved but here, I mean, here's the thing. We've been telling everybody that uh, you and I, Yo. our uh, lawn care provider, course green draw boy brian yeah oh gibby good old gibby uh every thursday for the net for the foreseeable future we are going to be giving away a prize pack 
of a beautiful basics lawn care package and the Buzz Boss Buzz Shield Insect Program. Uh, have you seen the the Buzz Boss guy when he comes around? You got the truck there. Yeah, got little booties on. He's got the truck, and then the he's got the the hazmat suit and the old. It looks like he's got a. Looks like he's got the Elon Musk flamethrower, but don't worry about it. He's not going to torch your house. I was thinking Egon from the Ghostbusters, but yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. He's spraying for bugs and ticks and mites and, and nasty, nasty uh, stuff. You know what they also do? They all, hey, check, check it out. Hey, little uh, little vermin, just come hide in here. See ya. Yeah. Tricked you. Out of the house. Well, you think of grass. Right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, grain draw, grass. And like we talked about it yesterday, the Kentucky bluegrass. Yo. So, you know, that's uh, here's what we'll do. It's going to be tough. It's gonna be t- mm? Name the bluegrass band <laughs> that originally did the song Wagon Wheel that everybody fell in love with. Oh, Darius Rucker with the Wagon Wheel. Wagon Wheel. Yeah, yeah, it's a remake. Yeah. Huh? Who was the bluegrass band that actually did it in the first place? Oh, Good baby, question, Boo. Rock me. Rock me like a wagon wheel, the way you feel. Like a three course meal. And the San Jose Sharks wear teal. Oh, baby, rock me. <laughs> Text in the name of the band will make you winner. Stay there. Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Flames game day. Helmets on. Minnesota. Then Winnipeg. Then, I don't know. Then come home. uh, And wait. The Dalville Predestars. Tuesday. Not the Dome. This fine program is brought to you by Sundry Golf Club. Unforgettable countryside golf that's only a short drive from the city. Enjoy 18 holes of tranquil golf nestled in central Alberta. Season memberships are on sale now as are 12 game packs. Get out of the city and onto the green. Experience Sundry Golf Club. They're going to... You know what they're going to do? They're going to fire things out here this weekend. Let's get her going. I believe tomorrow. Book tea times now at Sundry Golf Club. At Sorry, at sundrygolf.com. Sundrygolf.com. Home of the 2022 Alberta Open Championship, June 21st to 23rd. How about that? Tighten that thing up for the, uh, the Alberta Open. Oh, yeah. You know, early in the year, those snow drifts on 18, they always linger. <laughs> That's the last place the snow's on the course. Yeah. You know, I was, it's a tight uh, corner on 18, dog leg left. I slipped on the ice on uh, on the fifth. And, Don't lie to me. Yeah. You're lying. Uh, congrats to uh, I believe who we got here. Uh, who did I? I gave it away. Who did I give it? I gave it away to somebody here. I don't know. Somebody, got a lot of right somebody's, uh, somebody's the winner. Well, it's uh, I know who it is. Oh, there it is, uh, Jeff. There you go, oh, Jeff. Oh, don't. He's a J. Okay, J E F F. Jeff's with G's. You're ineligible to win prizes here. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just. Company no. policy. I, Ted uh, Rogers never liked guys with uh, G, Jeff with a G. Yeah. My name is Jeff. Jeff is our winner. Yeah. Uh, the question was that uh, the big song Wagon Wheel with Darius Rucker there a few years ago, everybody like, oh, we love it. I love it. So, well, yeah. Well, what, oh, it's so good. Darius what was the bluegrass band uh, that did it originally? 
It's the Old Crow Medicine Show. Huh? The Old Crow Medicine Show. The Old Crow Medicine Show. That's right. Are you sure that's not an exhibit at the Stampede? Come on now. Get with it. And uh, also, some people astutely noticing, hey. uh, and or, or knowing, that uh, Bob Dylan, part of the uh, writing team that put that song together way back. Bobby D. Way back. But yeah. Right. Old Crow Medicine Show. Because, <laughs> see, bluegrass is a form of... Music. Folk music? Yeah. yeah. It's got grass in the title of the genre. And we were talking about grass with Green Drop. Because we're giving away. Because we're giving away a beautiful basics lawn care package. Yeah, I, don't, I think we can all connect the dots. It's an obvious trivia question to Is ask it? when we're giving away on a sports station Green Drop. I thought so. I didn't want it to be too services. on the nose. Uh, we'll get to your texts here in a moment mm. on the program tomorrow. It's a Friday. We do not have Stephen Brunt because he's frolicking somewhere. I've not gotten any, uh, usually when he's out. Get a little photo, a little He'll teaser. send a little, uh, hey, I just thought I'd let you. And he's in some Nobody's beautiful, pl- in ankle deep water holding some sort of fish. He might be doing the backstory on our boy Alejandro Kirk in Tijuana. I don't Get know. a little family viz, go go see the city, where'd he grow up, where's his home ballpark? I, I need to know more about Alan. Yes, we all do. We need a five-parter. I need to know about his family, yes. siblings, parents, upbringing, all of it. It feels like a Kenny Powers type story. It kind of does. Yes. I want to know about his You're out. trials and tribulations right. in the Mexican League. <laughs> Want him, love him, need him. So, so yeah, no uh, brunt tomorrow. What else are we doing tomorrow? I knew we had something. We got uh, Kenny Weeb. Oh, Jets Kenny Weeb. It'll be a Flames-Jets game day. We'll is ask that... him if Blake Wheeler can score 12 goals in the NHL next year when he makes eight and a quarter. Is that there? You just, you know, you find your I targets know, and you just <laughs> absolutely bludgeon them to like death. Over under 12 and a half? What do we think? Just bludgeon them uh, Injury right risk, long of the two, 36. 12.5, over My under. My goodness gracious. Put a hundy on it. Let's go. What do you want? Over or under? That'll be chicken. Two games remain for the Jets. They are not going to the postseason. For the ninth year in a row, you were telling us because yeah, you're know. hammered. Yeah. Because you're a... absolutely drunk. They swept the Oilers last year. Well, uh... We'll also have a former flame on the on the show tomorrow. Tommy Weldon Jr.? No. I don't think he was ever a Calgary flame. Well, you don't know. Oh, that. he was there in Atlanta. That's he right played in Swindon yeah. Town, but uh, no. <laughs> he and uh, Guy Schwinnard. Guy Schwinnard. Mm. And Bob McMillan. They Bob run, McMillan, you watch your line. mouth, yeah. Bobby. <laughs> Finally out from underneath. Corey Sarich will be joining us. Oh, Corey. For what? I don't know. Why? I mean, why? The playoffs are around oh, the corner, geez. Dean. We need some winners around here. People that have got the job done in the playoffs. Yeah, hey, we need some closers. Closers get coffee. Coffee's for closers. It's been one of the things. ABC always be closing. One of the things I've enjoyed about COVID is not having to talk to Corey Sarge. See the hairdo he had the other week? I did, yeah. Let's see if that's still there. Tight. Took her down. Corey Sarich, one of the nicest human beings you're ever going to find in your life, will join us tomorrow. He is going to uh, he's going yeah. to be joining us off and on during the uh, the Flames postseason. Come on, we hope it lasts for a long time. We hope to have many visits with Corey Sarich because that'll mean he's not sick of us. 
Well, that he hasn't quit? That we haven't been fired? What do you mean? What, uh... I was more kind of talking about there'd be a lot of Flames games. The, the more the games they right. play, that'd be good, yeah. the longer the playoff run Sweet. goes. We don't need to. We don't need to have that conversation. Maybe we can have it on Monday because I think we all very much remember the Colorado incident, the whole eighteen nineteen <sighs> look at us thing. There was no one saying like, like I thought. I was stepping out saying I think this might be a tough six game series for the Flames. Uh, it was tr- a tough five game or the other way. Are you trying to give credit to yourself? No, Is I was that saying that that was the most pessimistic view I heard, and um, yeah, they got rocked. Nobody saw that coming. Nope. Yeah. I remember saying, just let's have some moments. Let's have some playoff moments. Yeah. Let's really enjoy this. You know, let's let's stretch this out. Let's have some fun. We were starting to do. Uh, Game day shows oh, from I know. pubs, and it was like, oh boy, it's gonna be great. And then it was just, it's over. It's just a week ago, it's we were gonna be getting so many envelopes with hundred dollar bills oh, in them too. It's like, hey, can you? Just, it's just unbelievable. It's like, remember Montador against San Jose? What a moment! Yeah, give us against Detroit. What the a, Eliminator. What a moment! Iggy versus the Cavalier. What a what a moment! Give yes. us some of these moments. The shift. Tell you what, not a lot of moments. I remember Kale McCarr. That was a moment. That was the moment we knew the series was over. Oh, boy. Like, this guy's going to be the best player from now on? Oh, boy. It's a very hard, very hard trance to, you know, graduate from the NCAA and get up to, and in the playoffs, no less. <laughs> there is a huge jump, I'll There's tell just you. No... Right, now, right now, I'll tell you, UMass to the NHL? Ha! You're going to have to prove it, kid, before you get... He's going to be fine. Bettman should really talk to Sackick and Bednar, because this could ruin the kid. Too much too soon? Did he score like on his first shift? Wasn't it like two shifts and he was already had a point? It's like, okay. This guy's got a turbo button. Huh? He He's looks, flying uh, around faster than everyone. That's not fair. He looks pretty good, actually. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, yeah. you know who else actually looks pretty good that series? <laughs> everyone. Yusuf Alamaki, <laughs> the Flames' best defenseman. Yeah, God. What's happening? What's happening? Come on. Anywho, hmm? uh, time for. Oh, and I see you've ne- talked about big names. Corey Sarich joining us tomorrow. You've, uh, whoo, man. Yep. Uh, Calgary's most eligible or ineligible bachelor, uh, Pat Steinberg, depending at what point of his career we're talking about him. He's awake? Uh, probably around now getting up, yeah. He wasn't up talking to drunks till 2 in the morning last night? No, that's tonight. He may have been writing a CFL.ca article on the... Top 15 interior line. What you want to talk about brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. Ranking the special teams coordinators in the Eastern Division. Press the button. Ah, yes. 960-960. You can text in and we get uh, we get some of your questions and we do the thing there. And, uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought Pat was taken by that lady caller from the other night. Was that Cindy Lou Who? Cindy Lou Who. Oh, wow. That's right. She'd had a few fingers of scotch before that call is my guess. I'm taking the over. And she... <laughs> Heart ablaze. 
without packages, boxes, or bags. Families. She was was in the bag. You think about that? Tell Pender to settle down about Wheeler, i.e. Kopitar, a couple years back. Yeah, this is different. Kopitar's always been good in lots of zones. Wheeler is uh, longer in the tooth, I believe, than Kopitar was when you were... Because Kopitar was 30, and you said his career was over. It's not what I said. I said he's played his best hockey, and then he went out Mm. and had a career year. You were ra- it was more about he was coming off you're I going think, to have to pay in 12 him goal seasons. No, he was already in 10 million dollars. He's Incorrect. already seen his con- his points production go down. There's all he's of this sort of thing. Time. 25 goals and then 12 goals. He's ter- 13 35 goals. Oh 92 points. Just kept scoring. It was hey, unbelievable. Look, we do 3 hours of Still got it, baby. We do 3 hours a day. We're going to say a lot of things. Yeah, some of us do 4 hours a day. Who? Me. You used to do three and a half. Remember the the show you can't speak of? No. I still guess. Oh, I miss, sure miss, sure miss. No. Yeah, well, sleep in half an hour. Save yourself. Yeah. Uh, did Boomer get OT for staying past nine yesterday? I did stay past nine. Mm-hmm. You were rewarded handsomely. I was with uh, one of them chicken egg scrambles, the avocado. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Is Sarchi the new Warner? No, no. He's coming on. Like I said, we got a closer. Yeah. Someone that gets results in the playoffs. Did I say that again? Coffee's for closers. Right. Rock me mama like Johnny's new $85 million deal. I'm not sure that that's the, the lyrics. Was that the Bob Dylan lyrics? Did they change it up? Ten and a half. Yeah, that'll do it. 10.55. Yeah. Sure. Speaking of buyouts earlier. Yo. Uh, people want to know if there's a Monaghan buyout. Well, I'd prefer you trade them because you're going to need all the money, not two-thirds of it. <laughs> um, and it's tough to buy out an injured player. In fact, can't do it. Is that right? That is right. Batman. Settle down. It's not fair. It isn't fair. Got one of those full body casts with the legs raised up in a hospital bed. Can't buy that guy out. Not even out of the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Is Sarich going to bring his tainted Stanley Cup ring when he joins the show? No, I think he's got that one hit away quite well. That is kind of one of those things. If there's a, a place, you, you one of the more, I, I'm guessing, one of the more weird. prized possessions he has in life would be his Stanley Cup ring. He has one cup as a ring. And he lives in a city of over a million people that don't want to see it. And you shove that somewhere else. That's right. Oh, hey, what is that? Oh. Oh. And then people are hitting you over the head with folding chairs. Yes. And trying to steal it. Yeah. You know who's behind that one again, too? Gary Batman. Yeah. Gary Batman. You you know what? You're worse than anyone fishing for clips. What are you talking about? You're talking about that stupid game six, the goal. That's what this whole thing is. Parallax angle. All what you want to talk about is people texting in, looking to get clips, and you're sitting here. You can play them. You can hear all the ones you want. You don't need to be. Gary Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Fellas. My boss. Fellas. My bosses want me to fly out to Vancouver Monday for work. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm looking at missing the first two games of the playoffs. Should I quit my job or have faith that I'll be at the Dome for game five? 
or round two. So I think if, if you're coming back on Thursday, you'll be able to catch game two. If you're out in Vancouver beyond Thursday, I think you've got to be dialed for game five. And they'll be, I, I, if, I don't know, they're going to be a game five. I think there will be a game five, yes. Yeah, and if there isn't, I'm hoping it's because there's going to be game one and two coming up in another week. One thing you won't be doing mm. is going to playoff hockey while you're in Vancouver. Is that right? <laughs> Jimbo's legacy. You see, because uh, there's the Because <laughs> they miss playoffs? Are they, are they okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Hey boys, I'm heading to Vegas for the NFL draft. Who's going number one? Shane Wright. Shane Wright. Get wrong for right. When's Bedard eligible for the NFL draft? I think it's next year, yeah. Boy, he'd be a good what strong safety? I don't know. No. Uh, D-back? Got good hands. Too, probably too good to be on that side of the ball. Maybe he's a receiver. Like Cooper Cup, that's who he is. It'll be Trayvon Walker. You think? Yeah, I think so. I think Balky's that dumb. <laughs> well, he is. Oh, I do like that angle. Yeah. Just smashed a Spolumbo's Italian turkey oh, sub. Hell yeah. Do not do that to us at 9.01. You know how long we've been up? This is our lunchtime. Watch your mouth. Jeez. I, you know what? I have, a, I, I have a really hard time when I'm potentially in that area. I can't go to Englewood without housing. Driving, yeah, driving by that place without no. grabbing a quick special for the road. Special so good. So good. Oh. Um... Who's working on the Flames playoff song? I don't know. Ah, uh, find work. Hmm. <laughs> Are we done? What do you got? Oh, you got Steinberg. I gotta get it. We gotta get out of the way. Uh, hey guys, Rhett can't get a word in these days. Uh, shows better when you let him talk more. Yeah, well, he's sorry. at home, so yeah, out of yeah. the studio is yeah, been harder. Surprised you didn't notice the. This one says, uh, "Talk about corn dogs." I'll be listen. Here's the thing. I'm going to be very honest with you, and oh, yes. people, when it comes to stuff like this, I tell the truth, and people think there's no reason for me to lie about it. Mm. I am not an authority on corn dogs. I can't even tell you honestly if I've eaten one. Yeah. I love I love hot dogs. You gotta try I'm the Korean corn dog. Oh, what Korean street food? The corn dogs. Oi. They're great. That is like cat. Uh, cat. Up on what? What's that? Like Center Street? Is that up there? There's one on Center Street. There's one. There's a couple on Seventeenth Ave. Like they're oh. popping up. And, and tell me, dog. tell me more. Korean street food. They got they got corn dogs. They got like a bunch of stuff. They got cheese. A lot of cheese. They fry it. It's crazy. Now you're saying dog? You mean hot dog? Hot not... dog. Hmm. I think they even had one at Market Mall. I think so. Crazy. But all, here's the thing. I love, uh, I, I, well, I shouldn't say love. I really like mustard. It's probably oh, my favorite uh, condiment. condiment. Yeah. And that's what you do with the corn dogs. I don't. It, uh, Korean, you're going different flavors, dude. Yeah, I, but I just, the, with the corn dog in general, it's never been, I don't know that I've had one. I don't like the idea. It kind of bothers me. I don't know why. Like, what is it? What is the the goop that we're it's just deep, deep fried to goop it? around the dog? Like I'd rather have a good bun, thank you. Like is that pus? What I'll is that? A, I'll take you can you can toast a bun for me. You can be a nice soft and like you like a yeah. steamed bun. Oh, I don't, I don't need this uh, 
mealy cooked out. No, it doesn't need a shell. Get out of here. Because I'm with you with a hot dog. The, it can be a big bun, small bun, wet, damp. You could wring it out. I don't care. Dry. I'll just cover it with condiments. It's a wet ass bun. I'll find a way to enjoy that thing. I don't know if I need it uh, smothered in pus and then deep fried. Pus, that's what it is. That's what it is, right? Okay. Nailed it. Had a churro dog at the ballpark in Arizona on Monday. You see who texted that? You got my attention. Oh, is that our dumb (laughs) ex-producer? Of course he did. What? Yeah, I saw him. He was in Arizona with the Buds and took in a D-backs game. So he doesn't They let him cross the border twice there and back? (laughs) Jeez. Had a churro dog at the ballpark in Arizona, which is a great ballpark, by the way. He must have slipped across the line in between benders there. That was close. Oof. Churro in a pie like hot dog bun with ice cream, chocolate syrup, and caramel on it. Unbelievable. How is Riley 19 pounds? Like, how? How is he not 119 pounds overweight? This is his diet. That thing must have just run like a furnace. Just put anything in there, it burns. Steamed hot dog wrapped in tin foil. It's the best. I told you the other day, one of the best things I ever did. Go to Costco? I'm starving right now. Between Spalumbo's. This one here, the Italian bakery is the best sandwich in town. I'm not going to pick, but again, if you're uh, Southland in that area, Italian market, get you I had 13 hot dogs. (laughs) Starving. You're really going to hang Pat out to dry like this? You think Steinberg... 12 uh, minutes after the hour? You think Steinberg's ever had a hot dog? Yes. Or is it just boiled chicken breast and kale? No, when he's sober, it's that, but... You get a few wobbly pops in. You get him on the treadmill drinking Mickey Ultras. Look out. Uh, What you want to talk about brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe, your experts in automatic door service, repairs, and replacements. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Great day. See you tomorrow, buddies.